0: All right. Well, we are back uh, on the conference line as well as our website at RemnantSeedMinistries.org. If you're on the conference line and you wanted to see uh, uh, the service, please go to RemnantSeedMinistries.org. And there's a button, I believe, that says live broadcast. Just hit that button and, uh, or go to Facebook. I think um, our, our media staff has put a link. Uh, so just click on that link, and uh, or if you just like staying on the phone, just stay on the phone. And we want to say uh, Happy Sabbath to each and every one of you. We thank the Lord for, uh, it's a little strange, uh, <laughs> in the building and uh, looking at the red chairs, but we thank God uh, uh, that Sister Shaw and I, and uh, we got a skeleton crew here to make sure we get the broadcast. We are allowed to do that. Uh, so we thank God for you joining us uh, via these uh wonderful avenues that God has provided. Uh, a brother told me the other day, he said, God had put us ahead of the curve, curve uh, that uh, we were doing, we've been doing this for years. And so now we're still able to do it. So we thank God for that. We want to ask you all to join us for a word of prayer. And then we're going to get into the study today. So let's have a word of prayer, if we would. Mm. Heavenly Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for being the God you promised you'd be. We thank you for this, your holy day, Lord. We thank you for allowing us, Lord, not to cease and desist, but to move forward and worship you and praise your name. Father, we ask that as we open your word that your spirit would bless us with his presence, and so we may know your truth. And Father, bless all those around the world who are doing this right now. Lord, honoring you as the only true God, we ask that you would bless them. Lord, have your spirit reign supreme. Put your angels around these places for protection. And Father, we ask that your miracle-working power will be used, Lord, in, the, in, in trying to help in this foolishness that we live in. But Father, we ask that you will prepare people to be able to stand in this last day. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Once again, happy Sabbath. As we look around and we just... Happy Sabbath, chairs, but happy Sabbath to everyone. We thank God... For this opportunity and, 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 and first of all, we want to pray, we want to uh, make sure that we all are praying. We pray that you all are well, and you and yours are doing fine in this difficult time we, and in this time, we must keep in mind and keep each each other in prayer, because this is a new this is new for us, this is new for all of us, and that the the plans of the wicked one are being played out, but we need to pray for one another, so God may be able to deliver us. And we also pray for those in authority. Those people you've been watching <laughs> that are in positions of authority, uh, that God can break through. God will break in. God will, will will somehow get through to them in order to be able to help the people uh, instead of helping themselves. See, we're, we're living basically in the middle, not the middle, we're living... Uh, in the midst of, I should say, of the fulfillment of prophecy. And not in the prophecy that you comes to mind, you know, uh, end time prophecy, but we, we live actually in a time that because of this attitude we're about to read is the reason that the time exists, that this prophetic time exists. So we would go to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're living in this time, and because this is the reality, this is why this is happening. I hope this makes sense. Because because without this mentality, we couldn't be going through what we're going through now as a nation. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we begin at verse 1, it says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. And actually, this word perilous uh, in the original language, is only used uh, the original word is only used twice in the in the New Testament, and in the other uh, time it's listed, it is used to describe the actions of those demoni- demoniacs. He's able, and that that word was translated fierce. So if we say that these last days, fierce times shall come, that gives us kind of a mentality about uh, what we're dealing with. And verse two says. For man shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. This is the reason why this can happen. This is the reason why we are in this condition now. It is not because of necessarily the decisions of man. It's the character and spirit of the earth. It's a very uh, selfish spirit. matter of fact, verse 3 says, without natural affection truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And The Lord says, from such turn away. And what's, what's so sad about this is this is a description of the people who call themselves Christians. See, God was not talking to those who worship other gods. He wasn't talking to those who are not involved in his work. He's talking about having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And so this is why we are where we are today. It's because the professed people of God have this spirit. Verse 6 says, For, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away by divers' lust, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The condition that we find ourselves in at this time is the manifestation of the activity of this spirit. This spirit has taken over the world. The spirit of me, the spirit of mine, the spirit of... Uh, of, of not caring for your fellow man, this spirit of greed, of lust, of power, uh, this this spirit that has caused man to turn its back on its own species. They love the animal more than they love the human. They will pay to put a dog in a shelter, but they will step over a homeless man. This is why we are in this condition. This is why these things are happening to us. And we need to understand that that this spirit, and it's kind of strange because in Hollywood, they've been telling you this all along. Hollywood will tell you their, the plan of this spirit years before it happens. And, and uh, it, it took me back to a, a, a movie some years ago called The Hunger Games. This is, if they could, this spirit could have its way, we would be under The Hunger Games. Now, that's just, it was, it was, it's, it's a movie about the top 1% having every comfort, every luxury there is, and the other 99 sectioned off into districts, trying to, to, to scrape up food, trying to find some type of, of living. And, and, and if you don't know, United States have been, <laughs> has been separated in districts for many, many, many years. And, and you can find that, if you'd like, uh, on your Federal Reserve notes. <laughs> You'll find out you have a Federal Reserve Bank in St. Louis. You got, you got different uh, districts that you have been sectioned off into. And it reminds you of what you have seen in movies. But the problem is this. The devil always forget that there's a God. Even though his plans are laid out, even though this spirit is laid out and being carried out by, I know, human beings, by governments, by other uh, institutions, it's carried out by that. But always remember, it's the devil. And the devil seems to forget that there's a God. He tends to go into his process and his procedures as if he is the last word. And and, and he's forgotten there's a God that specializes in grace and he specializes in mercy. And so uh, there's a God that seeks to bring the knowledge of his son to as many people as possible. And the same God has sons and daughters on this planet who he has vowed, to protect in time of need. Satan has forgotten that. But God is just looking for somebody who will be his, somebody who will not be guilty of 2 Timothy, but will have a whole different character so he may have a reason, he may have a people that he may be able to shine through, that he may be able to stop the plans of the wicked, that he may be able to have somebody to stand for him. See, our God is a God that will overrule (laughs) plans. He will dismantle plans. We see the first evidence of that in, 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 uh, in G- the book of Genesis. When they built the Tower of Babel because they were going to go to their God, they were going to be their own, they were not going to do what God says, and God kind of came down and wrecked the plan. God can always come down and wreck the plan if he has a people that he can, he can stand with. And this is what our job should be today. Find how to be a son and daughter of God. See, it's a new day, y'all. And we must walk a new way. See, our God, is, is very, it's good to be a son and daughter of God because you can see this. Our God uh, has a way of taking Satan's plan and turning it back on his head. And that's what's kind of fun about being a child of God. You can see things like that. See, Satan's plan was to kill Christ. Dumbest thing he could ever do, but he thought that was the best thing to do. He, 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 he incited selfish men to do this. You know, we, we, we saw all through the, the ministry of Christ, people were, were plotting to kill him. He said, oh, uh, uh, we must get rid of him because if not, uh, they're going to take away our seat and our authority. Uh, and that was the church saying that. That was the, the Jewish church saying that. Because they were selfish. They were guilty of 2 Timothy. They were that kind of people. And so Satan works through those types of people. And so they, said, they yelled, crucify him, crucify him. But by the death of Christ, Satan's kingdom was forever destroyed. And so God says, your plan to kill Christ, you wanted to kill Christ, go ahead. Because I'm gonna t- it's exactly what I need you to do. It's exactly what I want you to do. And I was reading something this week. It said, Satan's conversation, where it said, I will cause anxiety and fear and panic. I will shut down businesses and schools. I will shut down places of worship. I will shut down sports events. I will cause an economic disaster. That's the plan. That's the Spirit's plan. And please understand... This is not about a virus. This is about turning this nation on its head. 60% of the people of are, 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 are the industries are, are being hit very hard by this. This weak economy is about to get weaker. This is what this is all about. And, and this, this spirit has planned this. They're going to destroy this. They're going to destroy everybody except that 1%. But Christ is taking this 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 opportunity. He said, Christ says, I will bring together neighbors. I will restore the family unit. See, all these things are happening. See, we all see the television is telling you one thing, but things are changing now. And Christ says, I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. You know, when you can't go to a restaurant, where do you eat? You eat at home, where you used to eat. I will take this opportunity to help people slow down in their lives and appreciate what really matters. This is what Christ is doing in the midst of this confusion. I will teach my children to to rely on me and not to rely on the world. See, the world has shown you its hand now. It cares absolutely nothing about you. And if you believe that the people that you're seeing saying, do this and do this, this is better for you. Those were the same people a year ago you were watching documentaries on, finding out that they don't care about you, but now you're following their demand. They did not change character. You changed perspective. You found out that this wasn't real last year or whenever you found out, but all of a sudden, the The things you found out that wasn't real, you're trying to rely on. Christ says, I'm going to make it so you have to rely on me. I will teach my children to trust in me and not trust in their money, not trust in their jobs, not trust in their material resources. When all this dries up, it's going to drive God's people right back to him. And that's how God will turn Satan's plan upon him. He thinks he's got us but he doesn't. See, no matter what the circumstance, the God of Abraham is always the victor. No matter what we're going through or what it looks like things are happening, how it's happening, God is always going to get the victory. He said this in Exodus chapter 14. He's done this before, y'all. So don't think this is because, oh, this is a pandemic, this is the first time everything like this has ever happened on earth. There's nothing new under the sun. There's been persecution and discrimination forever. But God said in, in Exodus chapter 14, he gave us an example of what he's going to do. In Exodus chapter 14 and beginning at verse 3, For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. See, this is, this is right, right before uh, they, they come out of Egypt, and Egypt decided that they were going to pursue them. And so now they seemed, it seemed as God had led them into a place that they would be defeated. Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness have shut them in. See, there was a it was a great sea in front of them. There were mountains on the sides and, and it, look, it looked like there was no way out. And so Pharaoh started rubbing his hands. I got them, I got them. Uh, you know, uh, they can't get out of my hand. Sounds like today. I got them. <laughs> I got them. They can't even leave the house. I got them. They, you know, they can't even speak to each other. I told them not to hug each other. I told them they can't even shake hands. I told them all of these things, and they really think they got him. But God says, what? I am the victor. Verse 4 says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. He said, I'm going to set Satan up. I'm going to put him in a position where his own greed and his own lust is going to kill him. And, and I, will be, I will be honored upon Pharaoh. And that's what God is going to get his honor even in today and upon all his hosts, and for this purpose, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God says, I am the Lord. Even in this time when it looks like Satan and his agents and his people and all those things, whoever we want to blame, looks like they're winning. God says, I am the Lord. I will get my honor on Pharaoh. If God can get a people. That will do what he says, live as he says. Then the devil will be reminded that there is a most high God. But if we are running around afraid, if we're running around with fear in our hearts and in our minds, and we're acting all uh, like they won, then how can God dispossess it? How can God come and destroy the Tower of Babel if there's nobody here worth? I mean, nobody here. He has to destroy it for. God is looking for Israel today. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. There is, without a doubt, <laughs> there is going to be a new reality. There's going to be a new normal, y'all. But you know what? As much as I've heard you all talk about how terrible your normal used to be, you should be already ready, ready for a change. You should be happy. Things are going to change. They're going to change. But the key will be how we prepare for this new way. Because how we prepare will determine if we will find the good success and the happiness and the joy that God has promised us. How we prepare for it. You are not going to stop what is happening. There is going to be a new normal. If everything happens somehow, come back exactly like it was in January, it's still a new normal. Your mind will never be the same. Your actions will never be the same. But it's all right to have a new normal. See, we must understand, first of all, as Christians, we had a part in this problem. Let's go, if we would, to back to the book of Daniel. See, we're not talking about what the world is doing. We're talking about what we're going to do. We're not talking about how the world is reacting. We're going to see how God's people react to God's God's word and God's way. Because that's the key. This Bible is written to his people. Not written to Washington, D.C. It's not written to your mayor. It's not written. If they, would, if they would come over to God's side, it's for them. But it's time for us to start focusing on what our, rule, our, ro- our role is in these last days. But we must realize that we have been a part of the problem. How could selfishness take over the whole world if a people would stand up for being and be unselfish? Our problem is we fell into the mold of the world. We began, began to be Egyptians, and we started to embrace the Egyptian way. And this is what happened when Daniel was in, in, in captivity. They, be, uh, they were in captivity because they embraced the way of other gods. And they began to worship other gods. And, and this was Israel. This was the people who were supposed to know better. But one day, Daniel got up in Daniel chapter 9. He understood what the prophecy said. It was about time for something to happen. There was time for a new way. There was time for a new day. And he noticed something. He went to God this way. In Daniel chapter 9 and verse 5, he said, We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. See, we got to start taking that position. First of all, Father, we have sinned. We have gone astray. We have heard the voice of God and rejected it. We have gotten the instructions of God and done away with it. We have put ourselves in this position, and therefore this nation is in this position because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. So we're not pointing the finger. We know Satan is always ready to kill, steal, and destroy, but there was a hand over us. There was a hand over a people who said, I will do what God says. But where are those people today? We have to start and return to the Lord because God made a promise. And we know this scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. God made a promise. But we got to make, we got we put, to put, put ourselves in a position that we can receive the promise. And this is a wonderful scripture in 714 of 2 Chronicles. The Lord shares with us this. Because in this chapter, it was talking about Israel messing up. <laughs> and now God says, look, you get, you, even if you do this crazy stuff, he gave us the hope in verse 14. If my people which are called by my name. Now look at this. My people who are called by my name. This isn't everybody. So all these heathens out here, uh, oh, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry. All these people out here, all you just need to pray. Be his people. Then you'll get the benefit. Then you'll get this promise. He said, my people, which are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal what? their land. He didn't say, I'm going to heal that land. He didn't say, I'm going to heal that state. He didn't say, I'm going to heal that country. I'm going to heal my people's land. Amen. And we talked about this last week. We talked about uh, standing on holy ground. And if God, if God can get a group of people together, we can have some holy ground, Uh, ground that he can heal a ground that he can bless, a ground that he may be able to perform the task he wishes to perform through his people. We first have to confess. Yes, Lord, it is I. We have sinned against you and you only. And if we can't do that, then get in line, whatever they got for you. Because they got some plans for you. But God said, I can hold those things up if I can just get a people. Because I got something else to share. Let's go to James chapter 4. He said, I need you to understand there's some confession that needs to go on. See, we think repentance, no, we think confession is repentance. It's a big difference. We have to confess and repent. And that's why he said, turn from your wicked ways. Turning is a repentant uh, position. He said, confess, yes, but you got to repent. Because why am I going to come save a sinful people who don't have any concept of not sinning? who have no desire of not sinning, who just wants to to take the pill so they can continue moving forward in what they want to do. Time's up for that, y'all. In James chapter 4, he asked us something. He said, he gave us an invitation in James 4 and verse 8. James chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Our issue is not that we don't know God. It's just we got a double mind. And, And stay in the book of James chapter 1. It talks about this double mind. You go back to even Elijah. How long will you halt between two opinions? We go back to Joshua. Will you serve the gods on the other side of the flood of your fathers? Or will you serve the Most High? Choose ye you this day who you will serve. And you choose every day. You choose on the way you live. See, as he said, this is a new day. It's supposed to be a new way. Every day you need to choose it. In everything you do, you need to choose it. And if we would do that, things would be a little different. Not just for you, but for God's people. And for the land that he has you on. He can heal the land if he has a people to heal it for. In James chapter 1, verse 6, we'll begin. James chapter 1 and verse 6. It reads, But let him ask in faith, and this is is his people, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Now, let's look at this. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at this. We think about uh, asking in faith and not wavering. When we think of wavering, we think of doubt. We think that, well, I, I, I ain't, I'm not sure, Lord. I don't know, Lord. What about this? He just introduced this. He said, wavering is you come in and out of me. You'll believe in me once, then you'll believe in, in the devil once. He said, that's how you're wavering. You'll try my way, and, you, and, and then you'll try his way. And it's not necessarily about doubt. It's just how you want to operate. And that's why he called you a, an I double-minded. You can't eat from God's table and the devil's table at the same time. Verse 7 says, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't serve two masters. God says, this has been our issue. We serve the world and we serve God when it's convenient. We serve God when we think that God can get us over the hump. But when we're not in a crisis or, or we're, we're, we, we don't want to do it the way he wants us to do, we will not call on God. We'll call on Satan. We pray, Pastor Charles, I ain't never called on Satan. Yeah, you have. Satan has these rules and these instructions that if you follow, what did Romans teach us? Whoever you follow is whose servant you are. And so we have to learn that that you can't eat from both tables and God's looking for a new day He's giving us a new day, and he's trying to get us to to perform in a new way. See, this day offers us an opportunity to reset, to begin a new way of life. Take this opportunity. You can't do the old way, can you? The old way was this. You come home from work on Monday, you go eat at so-and-so. On Tuesday, you go to lunch at so-and-so. On Wednesday... Ah, well, we just order a pizza from so-and-so. You know, that was your old way. Even though God had told you that might not be the best way. You're broke and you're sick. Now, the luxury has been taken away. You just can't go and sit down and have a cocktail at the bar. Amen. You can't do that. You can't go out and drink. You can't go out and kill yourself. Aren't you glad? That's why God says, I can turn this into something better for you if you'll let me. Let's keep. He said, a life that will bring peace, the Lord has always wanted to give you. But we got too busy. We have to be willing, willing to be led of God. We must be willing to lay aside the old way and embrace the new day. This new day is coming, and it brings with it promise. I know they say, boo, it's not. It's going to be horrible. All things are terrible. Everybody's going to die. You know, everything they say, God says, I'm still God. And if I can find the people who are willing to be led by me, I will lead them out of this confusion, and I will show Egypt I'm God. He's looking for somebody to lead out of this mess. People are... <coughs> afraid I had people uh, send me pictures this morning of of military vehicles downtown lined up what are we going to do you're going to go down there with your pea shooter and tell them to stop Mm -hmm. if they're lining up in front of your house he's still God And, and, and don't worry about being sick you got other sicknesses you need to be worried about. If you you study the simple simple data, if you just sit down and stop listening to the pundits and the, 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 the fanners of the flame, look at the numbers, then you say, oh, amen. You won't live in fear. Oh, you won't have a mask walking around, and oh, I don't want to breathe your air. I said, if you follow me, all this will go away. You won't be one of those uh, 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 at-risk people. We, as a nation, don't know how long this virus has been here. Some of us have probably had this virus, been through it, and moved on. See, the key is the resistance, the antibodies in the body. See, it's like it's like a, a, a chickenpox. Once you got the chicken pops, you, pox, you can't get it again. You might have had it and built up the antibodies, and you can't spread it. You can't receive it. But no one's testing for that. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. Okay. You all do your, do your, <laughs> sister Jerry said, Y'all do your research because it's just it's incredibly stupid. I mean, it's just incredible how this is actually being accepted. Anyway, this new opportunity God wants to give us. We've got to be willing to be led. Let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. We've got to be willing to be led by God. And this is, a, this is what we've got to ask God this day. In, in Psalms 139, let's go, if we would, to verse 23. Psalm 139 in verse 23. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We will be dedicated to the way everlasting. See, God has a way. It's an everlasting way, right? Because it leads to everlasting life. And we, we, we pray to God and ask him this morning to lead us in this way everlasting. See, the true way of the sons and daughters of God. That's the way we want to walk. When we get on the other side of this thing, we're going to have to operate in a whole new way. We're going to have to operate from a whole new set of principles that will develop in us a whole new set of habits. We will be different, people. Don't fear the difference. Because the difference we're talking about is not food stamp line. The difference we're talking about is living by the principles of the Most High God. He called it the everlasting way. And you'll be surprised how wonderful that way is. Wouldn't you love to get up at the age of 60 and don't have to reach over to the nightstand and get 14 chemicals to put in your body so you can fake health? Wouldn't you love to be able to say, man, I'm going to the backyard. I'm going to the patio. I'm going uh, somewhere, and I'm going to pick me some breakfast. Wouldn't you love that to be your new reality because those are your new habits because you're following new principles? You'll wake up, and you'll be next to the love of your life, married, next to the love of your life, and all things will be well. That's, that's part of this new life. You know, this world has stressed marriages out. The the, the husband's working, the wife's working, the children are left at home, or they they got somebody else dealing with them. He said, when you walk by by the new principles, even your personal life will get better. This new way is so much better than your old way. Amen? And God will use this, this opportunity to change you if you will truly want to be changed. We get to this other side, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be rough to get there. But even in the, 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 the trying times, God is doing something. Go to Mark 8. One of the greatest things we must do is, come, is switch our minds to this principle. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, and verse 34. Mark chapter 8, we begin at verse 34. He said, And when we, he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. That's the new principle that we're going to live on. If you got around enough people who denied their self, your new reality will be fantastic. And it says, Uh, And also, take up your cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See, what we need to determine is this. That we are being prompted into fear because we're trying to save our own lives. We are afraid we're going to lose our own life during this madness. And we are trusting people that you didn't trust last year to tell you how not to lose your life, even though they have no power to save you. They have no power to protect you. They got no power to come up with anything that's going to work. Has it ever worked before? See, what's happening is the more it's like the economy. Back in 07, they should have let the thing drop. <laughs> they should have just let it go. Because you keep propping something up. It takes longer. It's, it's inevitable. It's got to crash. Just let it crash and let's move on. It's like, that's somewhat like this, this sickness. It's going to be there. Let it go through its cycle. Let people understand that you don't fight viruses with drugs. You fight it with what God fights it with, your immune system. Why don't you go get, you know, I bet if you went to the store right now, you could find vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C. If you couldn't find it in a supplement, you can find your broccoli. You can find your asparagus. You can find your, uh, your carrots. You can find your orange juices. You can find all those things which tell your body, OK, I need a, I can do this now. The problem with, the, 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 the people that are really hurting and getting hit by this, and this is not a fake, we understand people are really dying, we're not trying to make light of this, but they are already uh, in bad health. If you want to stop the virus, stop doing things to your body that puts you in this category. The, the underlying illnesses, Those high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, uh, respiratory infections. If if you want to stop, if you want to help, stop killing yourself so you won't kill others. Get to a point where you say, you know what, God, you're right. I'm wrong. I don't want this thing to kill me. So I'm going to start doing things that don't kill me. So my immune system would say, I can handle that virus, but I'm so busy now because you all keep going down and eating this mess. You all start, you keep doing, you're not getting your rest. You start doing the things I ask you to do. The body is crying out and says, I, I don't have any more, y'all. That's why older people, they've been fighting it. And it's horrible to see this. People who smoke cigarettes. And you're worried that you're not going to get a respiratory infection? Really? Stop smoking and maybe you won't kill somebody. These are the simple things. That's why God says, look, I need you to follow me. I need you to stop trying to save your life through your own understanding. Why don't you use my understanding and I can save your life? We're going to experience a new level of success, y'all. I know we don't believe that now. We can't do this. We can't do this. We are about to learn what's important. We're going to spend more time together. The people in your house you have seen every day. <laughs> All day. <clears throat> it's interesting to hear uh, 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 about the parents that now understand what teachers go through. You raise those bad kids, not those bad kids in your house, and you got to teach them. The teachers have been trying to tell you that for decades. And it's interesting that people now have a newfound respect for those who homeschool. My wife and I homeschooled. Emphasis on my wife. Homeschooled our children. And they turned out all right. They were both college graduates and leaders on campus and all that kind of stuff. So don't believe all that mess you hear about. All homeschoolers are socially awkward. (laughs) But now they start to say, how did y'all do that? Well. It's the way of God, and God helped us through it. So we're going to have a new level of success. Our personal lives will be more successful because we will begin walking in what's called the promises of God. Go to Proverbs chapter 16, if you would. The promises of God. When we began to walk in the principles and be willing to be led by God, Proverbs 16:7. He says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. We got enemies. Amen. But when you are walking in the promises and in the principles, your enemies will be at peace with you. They didn't say they'd stop being your enemies. They just won't have the opportunity to do what they want to do to you. Why? Because God is standing next to you. Amen. Let's go to Exodus 15. We'll get you out of here. Well, I can't say get you out of here. Uh, maybe you, you had to get up from your table. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Exodus chapter 15. God says, "If you would understand, this is a new day. Let's walk a new way." In Exodus 15:26, one of the greatest health messages ever given. Great, greatest uh, 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 antidote for any disease. In verse 26, and said, If thou will will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. The Egyptians cannot heal thee. The Egyptian God cannot heal thee. They will tell you that. You will never see a doctor say, you're healed, or I can heal you, or I can cure you. I'm going to give you this so you can maintain some semblance of life. God says, I'm not into those things. I'm into healing. I'm here of total healing. He said, if you would just do this, walk in the new way, these diseases will have no power over you. See, we've been, we, we sit there and worship the gods of the, of the medical system. There's a God over that. And he's, if a person has a white coat and a stethoscope, uh, then we say they must know what they're talking about. I know too many doctors. They might know how to read the book and say, this drug goes with that disease. There's some good doctors, there's some good people out there. I'm not, I'm not telling, don't ever say that I said that they're not wonderful nurses. They're not wonderful doctors. They're, great, they're people God has in these places, and God put them there. But they are not God. God is. And if we would simply stop believing and worshiping at the feet of the pharmaceutical companies, we might have a chance. I've never seen uh, in the last 10, 15 years they start having drug commercials. It used to be against the law to have a drug commercial. You would not see that. They They would not advertise a drug. And now they advertise drugs on the television Half the commercial is telling you, you know, this might not do what we say it's going to do. It might make your, your condition worse. And, and, and I've noticed four out of six of those commercials, it might cause death. <laughs> if you're trying to save yourself, you will die. Let God instruct you in life and death because he's the God of life. Amen? Psalm 91. Psalm 91. God said, here's another promise when you walk in a new way. We need to be lifted. I know it's been cloudy. I know it's here, but it's raining and cloudy. We hadn't barely seen the sun. That doesn't help. But if the sun is out today where you are, get up and go for a walk. Let that sun hit that skin and make that vitamin D. D is one reason people are sick because they're so deficient in it. Because nobody ever goes outside. Do you know no child 50 years ago was ever deficient in vitamin D? Because we were always outside. And we were running and jumping and drinking water. We, we were doing, you didn't go have a soda. You went to the water hose <laughs> when it got hot. You couldn't go in the house. What was the famous thing? In and out. T- take a pick. You don't, in and out. Which one are you going to do? And you hit the water hose. You're out there running and jumping and having fun and, and all this kind of stuff and getting all that vitamin D. If it's sunny where you are today, I'm praying that the sun comes out just for a minute so we can go for a walk. Get out there and use some of these natural remedies. And Psalm 91 says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, since you made the Most High your habitation." He makes this promise in verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee. Why? Because you've made the Lord your habitation. You are under the wings of the Almighty. So how can evil befall you if you're there? Don't be claiming this if you're trying to worship Satan. Okay, I'm sorry. If you're you're worshiping another God and believing in another way. Stop claiming this. This is God's people claim. For verse uh, uh, verse 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Why? Because your ways are pleasing to the Lord. Verse 12, They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because thou, let me say, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. God says, you set your love on me, therefore I will deliver you. Amen? Is that something we want? Yes. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. See, we are so concerned about what's going on that we forgot God says, I'm going to set you on high because God says, I am that. And God says, I will get my honor on Pharaoh all of Egypt are going to know who I am through you. Let me tell you something about Egypt and the, the, the exodus. The whole world knew who God was because of that. And if it wasn't for slavery in Egypt, if it wasn't for uh, taskmasters in Egypt, if it wasn't that the, the perception of Egypt was the, you know, every, all the other nations said, this is the biggest, baddest nation on earth. God said, I'm choosing the biggest, baddest nation on earth to show who I am. Guess where you're living now? We got the biggest mouth. <laughs> America's got the biggest ego. And we always say it's nothing better than we. We are the greatest. It's the greatest. Even we got a president that uses that word that slang five times in a speech. It's the best. It's the greatest. It never happened before. We are, you know, God says, okay, let me show you who I am. And if he could just find somebody that will stand, he can show the whole world that there is a God in Israel. Verse 15, he shall shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Does this sound like a bad new way? This is a wonderful new way. See, right now it might be a little tough, y'all. But we must allow this time to refine us. Let the Lord purify us. We have too much junk in our lives, too, too many misplaced loyalties, and too many selfish desires. So during this time he wants to refine us and get ready for the new way. Now let's go to Proverbs twenty five and we'll get out of here. We'll get out of here, yeah. Y'all know where you're going. Psalms twenty five. Proverbs twenty five. I'm sorry, Proverbs twenty five. Proverbs twenty five and verse four. And it's an interesting way how things are made in the metal world. How you how you how you how you uh, are able to uh, 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 make metal objects and shiny things. And it says, first four, take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. See, the dross is the impurities of the metal, and the only way to take away the dross of the metal is to heat the metal. The metal has to go under stress the metal has to be heated to a temperature where the impurities rise and the the pureness stays low. And so in order, and then he says, after that, only only through that process will the material be ready to be used as a vessel. And that is us today. Only when we've been refined can we be used as a vessel. So God wants to use this time as an opportunity of refinement, to purify us. Let this time in the fire do what time in the fire is supposed to do, which is to cleanse us. Let this fire cleanse us. Don't just keep jumping off to ask God to take the fire away. Ask us to endure until all the impurities are gone. Let us embrace this future that we have in Christ this new life in Christ, this new way in Christ, this new walk in Christ. Let us embrace it. Let us prepare for it. Let us have our minds set that this is the way walk therein. Therefore, whenever this thing is over, or even in the midst of it, we have a new perspective on it. It doesn't have a dominion over us. We don't have the fear that it's causing us to, to worry every night. We're worried. We're worried. We're worried. God says, my people, if they were worried, at the Passover. Mm. The day before the Passover, they were still under Egyptian bondage. After all the plagues had happened, after the locusts and the, and the, and the, and the river and all those things that happened, the frogs, the boils, all those things had happened, they were still afraid. And then the next day, they put the blood over the door. And then the next day, they were delivered. Because God is still God. Pharaoh tried. He kicked against it. He pulled against it. He saw the the, the miracles, but his pride wouldn't let it go. This system sees it, and and, and they're, they're trying to hold it. But I want you to know something. God is still God. And let God show the Egyptians who he is. And let us embrace the new way. Oh, mean you know, I've been working all my life to get four cars. You don't need four cars. You got one behind. Oh, I've been working. I want to be famous. You don't need to be famous. For what? You, you stay with God. I guarantee you, you're going to be famous. I, 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 I want this and this. and Why? You don't have it now. And they're, they're making it so you'll never have it. See, this American lie, or they used to call it the American dream, it started, you know, in the 30s with a chicken in every pot, you know, you know that, that whole Franklin and Roosevelt stuff. It wasn't for the majority, but we've been sold a bill of goods. Now they have proven to us they can't deliver. We've proven to us it's not real. They've proven it to us that, that, that uh, it's all a farce. So let's take them at their word and say, oh, you just thank you, you proved yourself. And let's look over here to God. And God says, I am that I am. He said, the, the cattle on a thousand hills, all the gold, all the silver, all the happiness, all the joy, all the power is with me. Try me. Let's take this opportunity to let him burn off the dross. Let's take the opportunity to get ourselves prepared for a new day and prepare to walk in a new way. Let's have a word of prayer. Mm-hmm. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for your encouraging words this morning. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for, Lord, pointing us in the direction that we need to go. It doesn't matter, Lord, what Pharaoh is trying. You've had the victory at Babylon. You had the victory in Egypt. You had the tower victory. And every time someone came against your people and you had someone that would stand for you, you had the victory over them. So, Father... Even though we feel like we are in the burning, fiery furnace, if we just remember there was a fourth one in there, and that looked like the Son of God. Be with us in the furnace. Get us prepared when we come out of this furnace, Lord, that we may serve you, that we may rejoice in you, that we may be a witness of you, that Egypt will know that there is a God in Israel. Thank you again for the privilege, and in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.